Hello, this is Brother Simmons. I'm from uh, Leading the Leaders. Uh, and throughout the week, we have a podcast that's concentrated on leadership. But on Sunday, we have one that's concentrated on the Word of God. Uh, each Sunday, we do our alone uh, interactive type uh, Bible study, which means you will hear other voices on the recording besides my own. But we look to explore an options of the Bible um, where all leadership principles uh, are arrived from. Uh, so we want to invite you uh, each Sunday here uh, to join us and have your Bibles with you. And we will open up what the Word of God says so that we have a closer walk with Jesus and have a, a more form understanding of the Word of God. So welcome and thank you for listening. Okay, so we thank God for another day that he has given us, that he has allowed us to see the light of day that we may give him glory and honor. Um, We're going to look back at some of the things we talked about last Sunday, but we also, um, which we was in Exodus, uh, the 25th chapter, looking at the tabernacle. But um, we also want to look as customary and traditional that we want to look back at um, at some of the questions that we sent out over the net that um, we'll look at and see what those are all about. And then we'll go forward and, and like I said before, we're going very slow through Exodus, the 25th chapter anyway. So um, we will take our time and get through this. Um, we won't rush it. We only covering a few articles of the furniture that's in the tabernacle anyway. So we're going slowly um, but surely over um, Exodus 25. Okay, so now let's um, take a look, though, at um, – actually, I sent you guys two things. I sent you guys one. says It, it says the story of you. Did you guys get that? Uh, yes, sir. I got. Yes, oh yeah, I got you. it. And um, God. Okay. Oh, God. You know, the story of you is nothing more than a breakdown of what happens at the moment of conception. It says a new DNA pattern was created that never existed before and never again. Every DNA. Every DNA of a person is different. There's no two exactly like, even if you have like people that are twins or, or whatever you want to call it, they all are different. They're, they're not the same. And then it says, in 22 days after conception, your heart begins to beat. So you already have a heart before 22 days because at 22 days it starts to beat. And then it goes on and goes down the list or whatever. And, and the reason why I sent that out is because we're going to talk about that a little later on when we get into our questions. So let's look at our questions here now. And now I entitled this God's System of Governance. And so let me read what I said initially it says in today 
Oh, today in the world we live in, and many people and even some people proclaim to be of God, that is a child of God, but they have a problem with the way God governs his universe. Oftentimes these same people question God, and even to the point where they challenge God's wisdom, and what they're using to challenge God's wisdom is worldly wisdom that they possess, which if you think about it, makes absolutely no sense because God issues out wisdom to everybody and he lets us in on certain things that he's doing, certain other things he doesn't let us in on, but then we challenge God with our own limited wisdom, which, like I said before, makes no sense. Now, this leads to many problems, like a lot of the concepts of of the church and what the church is doing, it's bogged down in the same concept of using worldly wisdom or, or earthly wisdom to try to to try to understand God, and you can't do that. It won't work. Now, this is, prob- this is really problematic when you think about it, that all our problems come from ourselves. So every problem you have in life is, is actually brought on by you. More than likely, it's talking about sin. And that every solution in life comes from God. If a solution does not come from God, it either will be short-term because it's really not a solution or it's going to fail miserably. So when we look at the governance of God and how God governs his universe, we want to look at the biblical way because that's the way as a Christian we actually should be following, not um, following what people say or men say or, or even what we believe. Because what we should be doing now is allowing the word of God to flavor how we believe and how we operate, how we carry ourselves, what we do and what we don't do. Is that scriptural? Is that what the Bible says? Wait, repeat it. That's a whole lot to repeat, dude. Okay, my word, your word got jumbled up in my brain. Well, I'm just saying... Do we do we follow what the Bible says, and is that what the Bible says for us to do? Oh, like we're supposed to, but like as us, like people all together really don't. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not talking about I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about people to, that are of the world. We know that the world is not going to follow what the Bible says. The world don't believe in reading the Bible. They don't really believe in studying the Bible. And they certainly don't believe that the Bible is a final authority on what they should do and what they shouldn't do. But if you go to Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. So it's saying when it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, it means the peace of God, that is the faith that's in God, will tell you what's in bounds or out of bounds. It tells you he referees your heart. If too many Christians, uh, people that call themselves Christians, they don't have any compass. There, There is no compass, and they don't have any spiritual discernment because God is not, the peace of God is not refereeing their heart. It's not telling them what's out of bounds or what's in bounds. 
And that's exactly what this passage of Scripture means. All right, so now let's go and look at um, some of the things that we had said. The first thing, this is on the second slide now. So, guys, get to the second slide, and it says the first thing that we should consider under the rule of God, because that's what it means to govern something. Governance talk about ruling over something or governing it. And we're going to look at his created order. Now, we talked about this before. And I can tell you that we have a problem. The question is, do we have a problem with this? With this? Do we have a problem with the way God rules his universe? Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. That's why we keep trying to make amendments to it. We're trying to make a dimness to it. We're trying to make attachments to it. We're trying to put our logic in there and say this is how it really should go and this is how it really should be. Not true, though. Question says, what kind of spirit do most men possess today? What kind of spirit do most men possess today? Uh, on the spirit of the devil? Yeah, but, yeah, but they, they, you know, most men, if you look at them, they're wimps. They have a spirit of fear. And the Bible talks about the fear of God is the, is the beginning of wisdom. But that don't mean that you, it means that you understand how powerful God is. It means you understand what kind of uh, God that he is. But then most men are very frightful. That's why you have women taking the lead on many things, especially in this country. Men are, are put on the back seat, and women, for the most part, is driving, driving the, uh, the, the ship or whatever you want to call it. And that's not God's way because God put the man in charge of the family, that is. Now, if you're a single woman, you fall underneath what? Or who? Your father. He's falling underneath the father, so you're not on your own. There's always everything that God created, he always puts somebody or something in charge of it. Just like when God made this when God made the day, what rules the day? Sun. The sun, and then he created the night. What rules the night? The moon. the moon does. So everything that God created, when God created this earth, or he actually, this was recreation, actually, and he put Adam over it. He put man over the top of it. So God does that in everything uh, that he creates. That should not be strange to us. Now, what kind of spirit do women possess today? So we already said for the most part, most men have a spirit of weakness, being afraid, and actually almost to the point of being incompetent because incompetent means you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And it don't matter if you know what to do or not. If you do not do what you're supposed to do, you're still incompetent. And oh, by the way, if you remember the commandment that God gave to women, it was to respect the man. But you know what respect is based on? Respect is based on competence. And if you are not competent 
as a man, it's really hard for the woman to respect you. Notice I did not say love you. I said respect you, which is what the Bible called for. So what spirit do we see uh, most women possess today? And we covered this last time, or at least we touched on it. It is growing probably daily, though. Controlling or selfish spirit? Well, I would say that they have a spirit of rebellion. Now, men also have a spirit of rebellion, but they're almost doing it in a cowardly way to me because they're not in their appointed position. And most men gladly give up. For instance, we talked about this before when we, when we spoke of the fact is if you read the Bible, not what you believe, but if you read what the Bible says, the man is in charge of child-rearing. And most men are happily to give that role up to their wife or to, their, or to the mother of the house, of the home or what have you. And that's fine to do, but one of the things you must understand is God still holds you responsible. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, who did God call for? Did he call for Adam and Eve, or did he say, Adam, where are you? Where are thou? He only asked for Adam because the command he gave was to Adam. Therefore, when God gave him that command, he was irresponsible for making sure that Eve followed what, what God had said. So he took himself out of responsibility. So most men are very similar to the Adam. Because Adam acted in weakness, actually. And I'm not making that up. We're going to go and look at that when we, when we look at the law of first reference or the law of first mention, because if you actually go back in the scripture, what was the first thing, the first emotion that Adam showed after the fall? What did he tell God? He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was what? I was afraid. That's why if you read the Bible and it says it clearly, you can't you don't get the spirit of fear from God. He didn't fear God as far as reverencing him. He feared God because he knew what he had done. See, that's the wrong fear. That's not the beginning of, of wisdom or understanding. Okay? So I think most women do operate in a spirit of rebellion. It's just like we talked about before, like getting tattoos. If you go back to the original idea behind it, it was a rebellion. But you know who is really rebelling against? It's really rebelling against God. Because what you're saying is God made a mistake because he should have put some writings on you or some or some silly whatever it is you guys do with tattoos. And you're violating the, the, the whole premise of God anyway. Because like I said before, we discussed that when we talked about that our bodies are supposed to be like the temple. And so we should not let the devil get his way. But that's the only person going to tell you to get a tattoo. God is never going to tell you that. I don't care what nobody tells me because it don't line up with the character of God. 
And oh, by the way, if you go to read the Old Testament, it talks about piercings and, and marks and all that other good stuff. Yeah, that's what pagans did. Well, now, everybody calling themselves Christians, and they're getting like crosses and all that stuff. How dumb is that? But anyway, let me move on and say, so the next question says, God communicates with blank and not so much blank. God communicates with blank and not so much blank. Well, I couldn't hear you guys. I said uh, actions and less words. I like no words. No, these these are people we're talking about. God communicates with leaders and not so much followers. Now let's trace that back. Who did God give the who did God give the commandment not to eat of the fruit of the tree? Who did he give that to? Eve or did he give it to Adam? Adam. Okay, so Adam was what? The leader? Okay, got it. All right. Let's go um when Joseph had a he had a dream. No, excuse me. Pharaoh had a dream. Even though Joseph was God's man, why did he give the dream to Pharaoh? He was the leader. He spoke to the leaders. He spoke to the leader. Pharaoh was a leader. Now he also spoke to Joseph because Joseph was going to do what? He was going to lead his people out of Canaan into Egypt where they, go, where they were going to be a big nation. But his time was not yet. They had not yet come there. So God gave the dream to Pharaoh. He did not give the dream to Joseph, just like Daniel. When Daniel was in captivity, the king had a dream. Who interpreted the dream was Daniel, but God didn't give Daniel the dream. God gave the dream to Pharaoh or to the king. All the way through Scripture, God told his disciples, I'm going to make you what? Fishers of men. So that's the leaders of leaders of what he was talking about. Now, what does that mean to us today? Is you got to understand that God is calling you to do certain things in leadership. Because... If you look at the roles that we talk about that we're supposed to do, which we don't have time to expand on all of them, but when you look at the roles that God has placed us in, he's wanting us to become that person that is doing what? That's out front. That's why we're not ashamed of the gospel. Okay, we've got to hurry along because if not, we won't get through um, all these things. Okay, here's the question. Should we, that's the USA, become involved in other countries' battles? If yes, explain. If no, explain your position. Either or, and I will have to hurry along, so I just need you guys to just say yay, nay on what you believe. I say that I don't think they necessarily should because you are not run to the problem. So I don't think you should be going into the, you know, medicine business, but if they like how Japan bombed, uh, um, was it, 
I forgot what it's called. And then next, like, you know, they brought them into World War Two or one, I forget. And uh, basically, that was when they would needed to actually, like, stand up and then be involved in the uh, war. Okay. Anyone else, quickly? I say no, too. Okay. Look, let me tell you guys the, the, the biblical thing behind this or whatever, because everything we do, we should actually get it from the Scripture, okay? The, the thing is that God says, and he says this in Deuteronomy, you should never get involved with a war that you don't plan on winning. So remember, God don't halfway do anything. We do. So when we be sitting like troops over here and doing this, all this stuff and all this good stuff, God says we should either go in there full-fledged to win it or not to win it. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Is the word of God changing you? And once again, um, due to lack of time, what I'm going to do, I, I gave you guys two references. I gave you one, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, which is actually the gospel, and then I gave you also 2 Peter 3, 18, which is, the, the passage of scripture that tells us to grow in grace. Now, why did I give you those two things? Is because um, you're you're never going to actually grow in grace if the word of God is not changing you. And let me go down to the next question because it actually is where I really want to get to. What concept is missing from people who do not understand these two passages of scripture and what they're saying? about Christian living. You know what's missing is most people, when they view Christianity, which is the next one, Christian living is a blank, not a blank. So Christian living is a blank, not and blank. What is that? A lifestyle, not a religion. Uh, Another first one, lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. It's like a, it's a lifestyle, but not a religion. Okay. Christian living is a journey, okay, not an event. Most people, when you when they speak of being a Christian, they go back and say, oh, I got saved 10 years ago, five years ago, whatever. But if you go back and understand what it says in Second Peter, you have to grow. So that's the beginning of your journey because it's called Christian living. So it's ongoing. Anything that's not growing is dying. That's why the Bible tells us the growing grace. What is it that we're going to be doing throughout eternity is learning about God. So we're going to be growing. Our knowledge of God will be, will be becoming, we understand more and more about him, but it won't be ending because he's infinite. infinite. So there is not, there's no stopping. So many people view Christianity as a one-time event that I had or happened way back when or whenever it happened. And then they go, oh, because of that event, I now go to heaven. But 
The Bible says that the Christian living is a journey. And you start in what form? Seed form, because that's how it says, right? It says that when God gives you that new nature, it's in what? Seed form. If it stays in seed form, it tells you something went wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with the word. It's not wrong with the seed. It's something wrong with the ground that it was planted on. Most Christians, there is no journey because in the same Christian, you met them today, you can come back and meet them 10 years from now, and they're the same place. They have not gotten any more powerful. Matter of fact, chances are they become more worldly. You look at most Christians and they become more worldly as they live, which is an indication that they're not growing in grace. What stops, your, what stops your growth is your belief system in God and having faith in what the Word of God says. Because the Bible calls that dead faith. It means you really have not captured saving faith or saving grace. Same thing. So Christianity and Christian living is not, is not an event, it's a journey. And along that journey, you have to decide on who you're going to follow. That's why the Bible talks about is a daily occurrence. It's not a one-time thing like many people treat it. And if you treat it that way, I'm telling you right now, you are not going to be successful as far as growing in grace. You won't have the ability to. Now, when it comes to abortion, many Christians believe that in cases of rape or incest, that it's acceptable for a baby to be aborted. However, what is your belief? What is your belief when it comes down to this? Uh, I don't think it's okay because God says that life is sacred and he's known you before you even in the womb and you're killing something that God has close to his heart. Which is not okay. And it comes to Okay. I would agree with that assessment, but I would use Genesis. If you go to Genesis 38, if you go to Genesis 38, there's a story in there about Judah and his daughter-in-law that he actually gets pregnant. So that's incest, because that's his daughter-in-law. Now, Judah wanted to do what? Once he found out that Tamar was, was, was pregnant and her husband was dead, what did he want to do? Huh? How was he going to get rid of it? Y'all don't remember that when we covered Genesis? He wanted he wanted to do what? What did he say that um, he was going to do to her? Oh, to kill the kill the person the person that did it. He, to kill. he said that he was going to burn her, didn't he? Yeah. Hey, if I'm not mistaken, that's what he said. But now, 
just like many of us, once he found out that he was the father, <laughs> he changed his mind. But but you see what happened? He wanted to abort the baby. Why? Because he said that the baby that because she had brought shame to his name, to the family name. Now within the law, he was actually stating the law. The only problem is when he looked at when he looked at it from a different perspective, he changed his mind. And then he said she was more righteous than he was. But anyway, what's particular about that, if you were to go down in one of the babies, because she had twins, and in, in, uh, in verse 29 it gives the name, one of them was named Perez. Now what's particular about that name? If you go to Matthew 1, 1 I mean 1, 3, there is a passage of scripture that says one of the names of the genealogy of Jesus is Pharaoh. So even in the case of incest, God still holds true to what he said all the way back in Genesis 9 about saving lives. And you can go all the way back to Genesis, the original um, chapter, chapter 1, when he says that he created him in, in, in his image. In our image, have we created man and woman? So we are not to destroy life like that, regardless of the situation. Because this could be the line or the family tree of somebody that God has a covenant with. And so that's why Pharaoh wasn't going to die anyway, though. But because that was a, that was the tree that Jesus wasn't going to come through. But you see what Judah was trying to do? He was trying to stamp it out. Okay. So we're going to. Um, we're going to stop here, and we're going to take a quick break or a pause, and then we will continue on to the, to the second part of what we have today. Hello, and thanks for listening to our, our podcast today. Uh, we really appreciate it. We hope that there was something said that would have you have a deeper walk with Jesus and your knowledge of God has been expanded based off of the word of God. Um, once again, this is Craig from Leading the Leaders. If you want to contact us about any of the uh, subject matter on this uh, podcast, you can do so by uh, looking us up on the web at leadingtheleadersllc.net, uh, what have you. And you can find many uh, things that you can enhance your leadership uh, also, if you want to uh, find out information or material that we covered during the podcast, once again, we thank you for listening. Uh, God bless.